Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, we, of course, assembled this past Sunday. You uh, preached in the morning. I preached in the evening. We typically go back and dissect one of those sermons, but but we're looking not quite that far back. We're, we're looking just one day backward to what in our country is referred to as Independence Day. Absolutely. The 4th of July. You know, most people get the day off of work. Uh, it's time for picnics and hot dogs and fireworks and ball games. But there's a greater, greater meaning to all that for our country, and that's the idea of freedom. Freedom from the independence of English rule way back in the 1700s, we became an independent nation, and our Declaration of Independence was signed. And so it's a great celebration, and it's a great memory of that, of the freedoms we have. We have in our country certain uh, rights are built into our Constitution, the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion. Uh, the people that came here years and years ago didn't have that in Europe. Uh, the the faith of the king or the queen was the faith all people had to follow. And if you didn't agree with that, you were persecuted. Well, in this country, we have certain freedoms that, that are built within our Constitution. Well, having said all that, that takes us to a passage of Jesus in John chapter 8, where Jesus talks about freedom. And we thought that since this is just coming off on a day behind our country's freedom, we need to talk about spiritually. And so here in John chapter 8, verse 31, verse 32, Jesus says, as he was talking to his disciples there, he says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you're truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And there's really three statements there that stand out. First of all, if you're a disciple of Jesus, you're going to continue in his word. You can't follow Jesus and go opposite way from his word. To follow Jesus is to follow his word. Secondly, Jesus tells us in this section, you can know the truth. Truth is knowable. I mean, we, we, we live in a time where people today just truth is to you, what's truth is to this person. It's, and, and they think it's always evolving. It's very fluid. It's very liquid. It changes. That's not how Jesus sees it. And Jesus sees that we can understand the truth and know the truth. And then that leads to that third statement, the truth will make you free. And so we want to talk about that concept of freedom we have in Jesus. So, Jason, let's just begin. Free from what? What do you think Jesus had in mind there? Yeah, well, there are several things that come to mind. I'm going to lean, first of all, on the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6, where he talks about freedom from the bondage of sin, right? That seems to be right there at the forefront of the list. In Romans chapter 6, verse 16, that's where he emphasizes you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness, but... Thanks be to God. And you mentioned, of course, as American citizens, we have so much to be thankful for on the physical front of life. This is better. 
This can be true regardless of when or where, what system of government, what culture we are living in. Thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. What a powerful word picture slaves to sin now set free by jesus christ but really important for us to notice having been set free from sin we still have a king right you you highlighted that earlier from john chapter 8 so important that we abide in his word but if we will follow his lead that old taskmaster of sin number 1 we can be set free from and that you know getting back to john chapter 8 that's the flow we have to see how do we get that freedom from sin it's continuing in his word yeah. it's knowing the truth it's realizing it's god's word that's going to give me that freedom God's word is the key. Uh, Sometimes people say, I just can't help it, or I can't stop this, or I am addicted, or, you know, there's just, I can never, ever change. That's not the words of God. God says otherwise, and God says we can do this. On our own, probably not. Uh, Just getting self-help from books, most likely not. But through Jesus, through the word of God, that's where that freedom comes. And so it's freedom from sin. It's freedom from Satan who's trying to tempt us and destroy us. And it's that freedom we have that makes us live the way God wants us to live. God doesn't want us to live in fear and sorrow and guilt. He wants us to live uh, rejoicing, rejoicing in what we have in him. So a second aspect I would also say, and again, pulling from the book of Romans here, is that we have freedom from the sentence of death. Yeah. Uh, Romans 6, verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Sin leads to a dead-end road. Sin leads to spiritual death. And without Jesus, that's the outcome. That's what's our future. But the freedom we have through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice through his resurrection is that we don't have this sentence of death. We don't have to have this sentence of death. We can have the freedom, the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. Yeah, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 is making much the same sort of point when he says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence. Think about this. We were once slaves. Now we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. Listen to that. Our our consciences have been set free. We can be cleansed from an accusing, doubting conscience. We can draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith how? Because our, our hearts have been, been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Clearly, Roger, this is not, well, I'm set free and now I can do whatever it is that I want to do. No, I have been set free 
to be a subject of good King Jesus. Absolutely. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, which tells us the gospel is the power of God to salvation. And so there's a power, a power to defeat our addictions, power to defeat the mistakes and the sins we've committed. And once again, it's a freedom. It's a freedom that is found in Jesus Christ. Uh, a third aspect I would, I would add to this list here as we think about what does it mean to be free in Christ, free from sin and Satan, free from the sentence of death, free from the slavery of perfection. Okay. And, and you know, the, that, that was a system under the Old Testament. The Old Testament didn't really have a system of grace. It did not really have the blood of Jesus. And so you had to keep it perfectly, and no man could keep it perfectly. And when you can't keep something perfectly, it introduces guilt. And guilt is one of those gifts that just keeps on giving and giving and giving. And so I'm never good enough. I've never done enough. I've never, you know, and, and, and that manifests itself by spirit of works or spirit of perfection. Uh, the apostle would tell us in, about our salvation in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for you've been saved, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So no matter what we do, we can never do enough. And when folks say, you know, I don't think I've done enough, the answer is yes, you haven't, and you can't. We need the grace of God to save us from our sins. Yeah, Roger, you've highlighted spiritual death, right, separation from God, but just piggybacking on this, have I done enough, you and I both have heard many people grapple with that sort of thing when they know their time on this earth is coming to a close. That makes me think of Hebrews chapter 2, where he, this writer of the letter to the Hebrews, talks about a another kind of freedom, and that's freedom from fear about the future and what's on the other side of death, right? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, he writes, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he, speaking of Jesus, he himself likewise partook of the same things, flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, that was our first point, and listen to this language, deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. If we are in Christ, if we are that John chapter 8, abiding in Jesus, following his lead, lifelong learners and lights in this world, the worst that death can do is bring us face to face with Jesus. We don't have to be afraid. And like you said, we don't have to live with that haunting fear at the end of our lives. Well, have I done enough? No. A am I deserving? No. Am I somehow worthy of eternity with, with God? No. But Jesus is, and I'm following his lead all the way home. Imagine as an illustration you're driving down the road one day, and you're just not paying attention. You're listening to your tunes, and you're just kind of not really paying attention. And you realize you've been driving too fast. And the next thing you know, a red and blue light lights up behind you and pulls you over. And the officer comes, and he could easily give you a ticket because you've been speeding. But he, he feels sorry for you, and he just says, tells you to pay more attention. I'm not going to give you a ticket today. Go about your day. 
And so as he gets back in his car and you're getting ready to pull out, do you think you're going to smoke your tires? <laughs> do you think you're going to pull out and go as fast as you can go? No. You've just been given a second chance, and so you're going to act differently. And that's exactly what Titus tells us in Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness, worldly desires, to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. So we have been given freedom. We're not going to go right back and do the very things that got us captive before. We're going to live differently. That's the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Yeah, if I could throw out one more, and I'm afraid sometimes in religious discussions, when we talk about being free in Christ, there are some who hear that and think of one side of how God has revealed his will, his heart for us. Uh, what it must mean to be free in Christ is, well, God loves everybody. God's going to forgive everybody. God's not going to hold anybody accountable. Maybe some cranky old religious person got some false ideas in our, our heads, but really all roads are going to lead to an equally wonderful eternity. And the New Testament undoubtedly, as we've seen, presents the idea that freedom in Christ is available. But there's another kind of freedom spoken of in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 attached to the very real principle of the wrath of God, right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9, the good news had come to Thessalonica. It had Gone throughout that area, Paul writes, they themselves in Macedonia and Achaia, they report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. What stark language that we know what is coming. We we know that in Jesus we can be heaven bound, but here is another dimension to that freedom, that wrath is coming against sin. Wrath is coming against corruption and rebellion against God, and the only safety, the only shelter is Jesus Christ. And again, that just reminds us, coming off of a great holiday, thinking about the freedoms we have in this country, there are, there are greater freedoms we have in Jesus. And these things cannot be taken away from you. These are things that no matter wherever you live, that they are available to you through Jesus Christ. And that's just a great reminder to us as we think about our walk with the Lord. Roger, we are excited to launch into a whole series this summer on Wednesday evenings that really revolves around, okay, leaving behind the depths of despair and discouragement and, and sin and rebellion against God 
and climbing to higher ground where the light is. Why don't you tell us about what we are kicking off this very evening? Absolutely. So the Wednesdays in July and August, every Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, we've invited a, a different speaker every Wednesday evening to come and present a series of lessons to us. Our theme is a wonderful hymn, Higher Ground. And what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at the different phrases in that great hymn and kind of talk about this. And so this evening, uh, our friend David Banning is coming, and he's going to be presenting the lesson, I'm Pressing On the Upward Call. And then after that, next time, we're going to be talking about, Lord, Lead Me On. Chuck Durham's coming to do that for us. And then Phil Shoemaker is going to come and talk to us about praying as I onward bound. And then Chuck, or rather Chase Byers is coming, and he's going to be talking about where doubts arise and fears dismay. As we get to August on Wednesdays, we're going to have Phil Arnold, who's going to come and talk to us about though some may dwell where these abound. And then we're going to have Scott Byer come and talk about Satan's darts at me are hurled. And then we're going to have Jason Langford come and talk to us about by faith, let me stand. And then we're going to have Jeremy Bard come and speak new heights I'm gaining every day. And then by then, we're at the end of August, and we're going to ask Bubba Gardner to come and talk to us about Till Heaven I'm Found. Higher ground. This gets with our theme of finish what was started. The idea that we need to be facing forward, face the direction that we're going. It's a wonderful, wonderful hymn. And through this, through our, our guest speakers, we're going to be looking at different layers, different aspects, things that we all go through. We face Satan. We face hard times. We face this long journey that we're on. And through all these wonderful speakers, they're going to encourage us and help us and teach us how we can stand on that higher ground someday with the Lord. There is so much discouraging, distressing news in the world around us. But I hope even just from this conversation, what our listeners take away is there is such good news available in Jesus Christ. Freedom is available. Hope and joy and peace are possible. We are on the upward climb to higher ground. Roger, I appreciate you joining me today right after a holiday. We appreciate all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We would love to see you at 7 o'clock p.m. this evening for the start of that brand new series, Higher Ground. Lord willing, this Sunday, I've got the opportunity to preach at 9.30 a.m. We are looking in the wake of our recent vacation Bible school at some of the doors of the Bible that our children explored during Vacation Bible School. I'm going to be walking with you this Sunday morning, Lord willing, 9.30 a.m. through the Passover door. Such powerful lessons to be learned from that experience. We're looking forward to Sunday. It's the best day of the week. We would love to have you come and grow with us.